Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rural Spark Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Murphy, and you may have noticed that we've been on a short hiatus here at Rural Spark during the recent months of the pandemic, but we're happy to be back and starting off with a talk about all things seaweed. It's the right time to do that, we think, because Scotland's first ever seaweed festival will get underway very soon. And for those who can attend, in person or virtually, I think it has the potential to really change how we think about seaweed. So today we have festival curator and environmental photographer, Julia Barton, with us to tell us more about the festival, the reasons behind it, and where it's taking place on Isle Martin. Hello, Julia, and welcome to Rural Spark. Hello, welcome to Isle Martin. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of us think that Scotland and especially its its islands to be, you know, maybe a chilly place. I've been I've been having an argument myself with a, a family member. We want to go to Scotland next summer, and he's convinced that it's going to be too cold. But as I look at you out there now on Il Martin, it's it's not cold. I don't think. Tell us tell us what it is like there today in Il Martin. Um, it's pretty warm. It's quite misty, um, but we've got a beautiful blue sky, and the tide is just about at low point there's a very gentle breeze which is amazing and I've walked over to the southeast corner of the island to be able to talk to you because of various things that are going on in the island so I'm just sat on a rock over here so oh, I, I appreciate you finding a place where we can get connected and talk then that's terrific so Scotland is not too cold in the summertime and I've heard of lots of uh, people having terrific visits there it's, it is a holiday destination for sure, and it is very, very beautiful. Isle Martin is on the northwest coast of the Highlands. So if you look at the top of Scotland, it's about 70 miles from the very north point of the mainland of Scotland. And it's very mountainous, and the Hebrides are off the coast. So a whole um, archipelago of islands are off the coast, and this is one of the inner group of islands which is called the summer isles um so this is the nearest of the summer isles and there's about 20 of them um to the mainland and this particular island like there was about three i think that were habited um and this one is now wonderfully wonderfully owned by the community so it's getting a whole new kind of revitalization after it was um not lived on for quite a few years yeah yeah, I'm sure that opens up lots of opportunities, including your, you know, your art, you're an environmental artist and uh, have been taking some amazing shots. I checked out your work on Instagram and invite others to do that. So we're going to talk about seaweed. And many of us, of course, think of seaweed as something that we step over when we're at the beach. We may not have a fondness, some of us for seaweed, but as an artist, you describe yourself as seaweed obsessed. Tell us about that. Why is seaweed so amazing for an artist like you? So in my career as an artist, and I'm primarily three-dimensional in installation, I have used uh, one of my main materials has been using plants and growing plant forms and from kind of mountain alpine plants in kind of um, sculptures, um, metal forms. I've had them growing. But bit by bit, I went down the kind of botanical kingdom and was using more and more mosses and the very, very small plant forms. And as you move down, then you get into the bryophytes, the lichen, 
the smaller things and they have just a whole other dimension. And then if you carry that on and for the last eight, 10 years, I've been working in the littoral zones of the, the shorelines of Scotland. Um, you naturally fall in with the seaweeds and, and the way that they're zoned going down the beaches, which is just amazing. So obviously at the top, you have the very small seaweeds, the ones that have got a design, like they've got little channels down the center of them. And it's a total amazing adaptation physically because it, it retains more water because then they are in the splash zone. So out of the water longer than the kelps right down in past the wall. That whole kind of structure relating to the degree of how far they are out of the water. And then, so that's the kind of, for me, it's the structural and the hydration and the rehydration. But then as soon as you start to look and investigate like any part of the amazing kind of flora of the world, you begin to see, look at how the colors and how they respond to light and then what part they play in the whole ecosystem of the world. It's just like, and the more I've got into inviting people to this island to talk about the science, the ecosystems, the potential of seaweed as a food and as an art material, you realize it's just like some of the amazingly long racks that fold off this rock line because it just goes out like fingers you know and more and more people are coming together and I suppose also because of the way the world is going and the need to get away from kind of polymers and plastics and we're now looking at obviously using bioplastics and seaweed is up there and there's a big movement to actually use seaweed in more and more ways I think the sustainability and the way that it's harvested and farmed is really key and is very 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 current issue here so that's going to be talked about as well hmm. wonderful it's more complex than we thought it sounds like we might even have to protect seaweed from industrial development which you know hadn't occurred to me why is a uh, Isle Martin, why is that the right place for Scotland's first ever seaweed festival? Is it just the abundance of uh, different types of seaweed that are available for people to understand and explore? Um, the reason it's happening at this moment is because the Scottish government have themed years for uh, events in Scotland. And I think as it three years ago they announced there was going to be a year of coasts and waters and they invited people to kind of bid for funding and to think about how we would encourage people to the coast and could we show them a different way so like slow tourism and being much more ecologically involved and to try things out that they perhaps wouldn't necessarily do to do with water bodies of water so I put it to the Al Martin Trust that this would be just an amazing place to be. And because of the island's ethos, which is sustainability, community involvement, and looking at the marine environment that we live in, we actually, the Al Martin is actually in a marine protected area and it's pretty special. So that is fantastic. Around the island, the, on the rocks, the, the seaweed here is not extraordinary. What I like about it is it's very ordinary. So we're not just spotlighting all the beautiful purple dulse or 
the peppadils or all those ones that you see wonderful pictures of. What we're doing is looking at almost the very common so that we look at what we've got and think about that as well. And just look how extraordinary that is, even if it's brown and not red. But we also have lots of green seaweeds. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yes. And as curator of the festival, of course, you've put together quite a lineup. I was looking at the, the brochure that's offered and it's, it's really a lot. So I'm sure you've been super busy. Um, but give our listeners a bit of the highlights of what visitors who come over, and I think they're going to come over on a, a little ferry boat, right, from the mainland, people will be coming over. What are they going to be able to take part in and experience over the, the is it three days, uh, Julia, three-day festival? The whole festival starts on Monday and it runs for a week, but five days there are events on the mainland because we can't actually bring a a lot of people over we've we're kind of very limited to numbers and especially since covid times so hopefully we'll get and we're nearly there 120 people a day people will be going to be ferried over in the morning and the first day the saturday we're going to have a focus on the science of seaweed so we have a, a local marine scientist who's going to talk about the importance of it for the biodiversity and she will be definitely touching on the need not to trawl it you know to mechanically kind of have big farms but we need to do it sustainably we've got an ecologist then putting it out in a world perspective to do with climate and the carbon sink that the marine algae represents we've got free diver <laughs> who's going to talk about his regeneration and collecting of things. We've got a forager who from New Zealand and he's coming and he's going to be giving us tastes of the beautiful seaweeds. And then on the Sunday, we've got an art theme. So we've got, well, every day we're having Juliet Brody, the professor at the Natural History Museum, zooming in to uh, kind of welcome people and to show one of her films and then from there on, we've got Mike Swanborn, a Dutch poet, artist, author. And she's going to be talking about the fantastic use, I mean, the inspiration that seaweed has been to artists. And she's, she's written a book called The Seaweed Collector's Handbook. And so the imagery in that I read kind of last year and I thought this is perfect kind of bringing it all together so I asked her to be part of it so she's coming from another island to join us um, and then we've got local artists working here we've got somebody who's mixing squid ink with seaweed carrageen so that it mixes and they're able to print on the, the harbour walls <laughs> wow. Yeah, it is a lot. The, I invite people to check out the uh, Isle Martin website where you have the full schedule. It's really quite impressive, Julia. Um, tell us a little bit about this foraging and tasting. And have you done that? Have, what, what does seaweed taste like? And, and the different types of seaweed, I guess, have different tastes. Is that catching on? Oh, definitely. And there's several cooks and we even have somebody, a local chef besides our forager. I mean, and he's cooking up a seafood and seaweed paella. So that's going to be great. And we're putting it into lots of the different food that people will taste. So the seaweed that I particularly like are the ulvers, which are the very green ones, the float, and they're very filamentous. So I think they're just so delicate and you can just easily cut and put them straight into salads. They're the most 
I think, the most accessible. And then you've got the wonderful dulces that do have this particular peppered taste um, that will be used. Yeah. So, And I suppose they're healthy, are they? They're they have good nutrition, good source of nutrition. Yeah, I mean, this is another thing. Since starting the, the whole idea of the festival, we've been working with the Highland Rangers, improving our identification skills, but also learning more about the nutritional properties. So the Alaria, one of the kelps, is really high in calcium. So, yeah, a lot of my women friends are really enjoying knowing about this and that we could be eating this as a source instead of supplements. And then the ulvers that I was mentioning, the gutweed and the sea lettuce, that's great. It has a really high level of protein. And it's just like so many other countries, like the East Asian countries and even across the water in Ireland, they have always retained that kind of knowledge somehow. But here on the west coast of Scotland and uh, not so much in the islands, but on the mainland, it's kind of just, it's just been lost, that connection. Mm. So it is really very, very, I mean, a few people have still got recipes. Um, so we're encouraging people to kind of share their, their different puddings that they're going to make with the carrageen. Yeah. I just want to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, ExploreNet. Rural broadband is getting a lot of attention these days, and ExploreNet has been a champion for rural Canadians for over 15 years. With their nationwide network, no matter where you choose to live, ExploreNet can keep you connected to what matters. If you want to find out more about what ExploreNet services are available in your area, check out the website at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. Mm, yeah, no, it sounds really interesting. And, and the sessions that are going to relate to uh, seaweed farming, is that is that something that is, there's that balance, I guess, where economically maybe rural Scotland would like to see that grow more for community development purposes and then the balancing the environmental responsibility of that. And how big is it already, Julia? The industry around Scotland is pretty small, I would say. There's several now foraging companies, so that's kind of quite niche for culinary use. There are foragers who, like this diver, goes out and then sends it to restaurants. So there's that end. The collecting of the kelp for industry is, I would say, quite small. There is at the minute, but everybody's looking into how to seed the ropes, how to get that more successfully growing. Um, and we, I think one of the things the island is thinking about certainly several people have mentioned it maybe we could have an experimental seaweed farm here and i think that will probably come up over the weekend is mm -hmm. this some community we could just try out i think a lot of the people who are coming we've got some of the msps so the scottish members of parliament there's going to be this big conversation about how far we go what is the right direction with farming to take on if we're going to supply the industry which would be great if we were reducing the plastic but it's like how you do it mm -hmm. and that thing of not rushing into it, but what scale, what species to be looking at. Yeah, that's an interesting idea that you might be able to pilot it in an island like where you are there now, since it's not inhabited right now, right? And you can do more experimental things. Yeah, because it's protected and it was a harbour. I think we could kind of do that. So there's several people who are kind of muting that. And I think it would be great as a, a kind of community project. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like there's a huge group of organizers. You have a small team there, I think, who's actually working on the festival. So I know you're all working really hard, Julia. How would you describe what the overall hope is of what will be achieved through doing this, you know, inaugural uh, a seaweed festival for Scotland? And might it become an annual event? Certainly, I hope that seaweed gets a more kind of prominent focus in the kind of the whole ecological focus that we have at the minute you know to to kind of let it be seen because I think it's like one of those things and I think this is it when I talk to the children in the local towns and I say what do you think of seaweed they go uh it's that black stuff on the beach because that's what it looks like when it's dried out yeah it's just to draw them in to get people to observe and look at what an amazing flora it is and to look at it in a different way and to see its potentials would be just fantastic. One of our kind of evaluation aims is that everybody should be able to maybe, hopefully, be able to kind of identify correctly maybe three or four seaweeds that are on the beach. You know, yeah, that would be really fantastic. That, that's Sorry, a reasonable, asked? yeah, I think that's a reasonable goal. And might you make it an annual event? At the minute, I don't know if they have enough energy, but I think... Mm-hmm. I think it has potential to develop. This one is kind of a bit like the kind of the branching of certain of the seaweed because it stretches out in so many different ways. And I think as a first seaweed festival, it had to be that to show the absolute amazing linkage that could be made to kind of social, historical, um, biological food, food wise. I think if it happens again, it would be certainly really fantastic to kind of focus down on maybe a particular angle. It could be the, you know, the experiment with a sea farm, or it could be, you know, getting a chemist to look at the kind of the chemistry of different seaweeds that grow particularly here and maybe work with an artist or a college. So it's, you know, the thing about, bringing people together is hopefully we'll have that dialogue and Mm -hmm. we'll look at the potential and we've got so many kind of community people now kind of involved either picking it cooking it (laughs) you know talking about it and I just think how fantastic to bring them all together and to have these discussions you know and I think for me that is just so fantastic you know to have conversations on uh, on different levels and we've not been able to have that for so long so it's yeah yeah yeah, exactly and uh it's you know I shouldn't ask that question about doing it again when your days before it's starting this year so Julia remind us of the dates it's coming up it starts next week is that right it's the 6th to the 12th and we will be having the hopefully if the internet works better than it did for me today we will be trying to broadcast on zoom end of each day at 4.30 kind of UK time we will be broadcasting like a discussion with each of the day's participants and presenters and I think that'll be great I think that'll just be fantastic for people to see and certainly several of the presentations particularly the marine scientist and the ecologist have been pre-recorded so they'll talk here as well but that'll be available on YouTube 
Terrific. Well, we'll do our part in trying to uh, get our podcast talk out and, and shared in Canada and maybe get some engagement from Canada uh, to, to join. And through the web- website, right, is the best place to start. Isle Martin is a simple name of the website. And I think from there you can find your way. Yeah, that's it. Great. We've got a, got a really kind of very photogenic kind of Instagram account as well. So just look for Isle Martin. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for sharing the story with us. And we wish you the best of luck. And uh, I'll be one of the ones following along to see how it goes. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada. <laughs>